Today on CityCast Denver. Denver Pride Fest will look a little different next month, both in terms of its activities and who will and will not be there. There is a difference between working with law enforcement to manage a large public event and the presence of police vehicles with sirens blaring going down the middle of the street during the parade. The organizers of Pride Fest have asked law enforcement agencies not to participate, and that decision has gotten some pushback. My response to that is that we've received criticism about police participating in Pride for years, for many years. Today is Thursday, May 27th, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Let's take a look at the news. Today we'll see a high of 76 degrees with a slight chance of thunderstorms. Looks like Denver Public Schools has chosen its next superintendent. Dr. Alex Madero will take on the position when the school board officially votes him in on June 3rd. Madero comes to Denver from the New Rochelle School District in New York, where he served as the first Latinx head of the city's school system. Check out our May 18th episode with education reporter Melanie Asmar to learn more about DPS's superintendent search. The rumors are true. You have a shot at a million dollars just for getting vaccinated. Governor Polis announced the Colorado Comeback Cash Vaccine Drive, which will include five $1 million drawings on consecutive Fridays starting June 4th. The award money is coming from the CARES Act, which the governor says would have otherwise gone towards advertising and marketing of vaccine outreach. We're going to talk about Pride Fest today and how it's going to look different this year. But first, I want to tell you the story of a young queer person of color, Jesse Hernandez. In 2015, Jesse was only 17 when she was killed by Denver police while behind the wheel of a stolen car. And when Pride Month rolled around that year, young queer people poured into the streets protesting police violence against the LGBTQ community, interrupting the annual parade. We are grabbing the mic for just a few minutes. We are grabbing the mic for just a few minutes. Reflect on and honor the lives that have been taken. Here's the thing. Jesse was killed half a decade ago. And it wasn't until this year that the Center on Colfax, which organizes Denver's Pride Fest, announced that law enforcement would not be allowed to participate in the festival next month. Well, I hope I didn't say anything too dumb. So, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) I sat down with Rex Fuller, CEO of the Center on Colfax, to hear how his organization came to this controversial decision. Rex, thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for the opportunity to talk. So I saw the announcement that police aren't going to be a part of Denver Pride this year. What exactly does that mean? Um, There's two different concerns that we really have to think of. One is the public safety concern, and the other is the symbolic presence of police. If we were to have an in-person event um, where you know, hundreds of thousands of people were lining the streets, et cetera, and we were having a parade. Well, we would have to work with law enforcement for all those public safety reasons out there. They're the ones that really issue parade permits and allow you to close the street or allow you to close the park. But that's not what we're talking about. Um, We're talking about asking agencies and law enforcement organizations to not participate as a parade entry or um, as an exhibitor. 
there is a difference between working with law enforcement to manage a large public event and the presence of police vehicles with sirens blaring going down the middle of the street during the parade. That's a good point. That's a good way to frame it, too, so people can really visualize the symbolic presence of them as part of the festivities versus an operational need for police whenever you do a large event with hundreds of thousands of people. And to be clear, a police can still, they can still attend pride events and things as, as citizens. That's not what you all are asking. Absolutely. It's always important that, that we have strong relationships with law enforcement when it comes to managing these big events. And I'm really proud that we do have good relationships with DPD. And what reaction have you gotten from this decision so far? Well, it depends on who you talk to. (laughs) I I would say largely um, it's been negative in terms of public opinion. I think that we have not done the best job of managing the messaging. I wish we had done better. We had had individual conversations with law enforcement agency representatives, but then in some cases it got out into social media and a lot of the nuances of this discussion were really lost. There's a lot of confusion about what does it mean. There are many individual officers in different law enforcement organizations around town who have worked for years to be out on the job. And that, that is not easy. No one is pretending that that was easy. It's actually demonstrates incredible bravery to be able to speak up in a culture that isn't necessarily welcoming to LGBT people. So I think that I'd summarize the criticism is, is that we, it's believed that we're disenfranchising those people. And I would say that isn't super surprising just based on the historical nature of this, of this issue, I think of the, of the issue of police and pride celebrations. My Response to that is that we've received criticism about police participating in Pride for years, for many years. And from sort of the opposite side of the argument, many of those people, by no means all, but many of those people, Black and transgender activists, who said, this isn't, this isn't right. We, we don't feel comfortable with you there. Um, I remember actually really specifically in 2016 after the Pulse nightclub shooting um, that there was a huge public memorial and um, Denver police officers were there to try and enforce security in a really tense situation. Numerous people turned around and refused to go in because of the presence of police officers and not feeling safe. And for years, we've tried to remain neutral on that position. You know, we've really, we really have tried to, to not get into it. But I think that the Black Lives Matter protests of last summer really called us to account on this issue. And if we are prioritizing the voices of one group over Black and transgender activists who have been calling for years for this change, what message is that sending to the public? With the history of police harassment in the LGBTQ community, how, how are you? do you feel like this is reconciling with, I mean, Stonewall being the origins of this 
whole event and that being a clash between um, police and the LGBTQ community. Ultimately, that's what tipped the argument for me because I truly do see both sides. I, I really do. To me, the origins of the pride movement being rooted in a protest against police harassment and also looking at the history of the center and our founding being very tightly linked to police harassment issues. And then looking at the history of the Black Lives Matter movement, many of the founders of that organization are themselves um, part of the LGBTQ community. We're tied to to talking about the issue of policing in our community. We we are, it's, it's part of our DNA. I had a really good conversation with a sheriff's deputy the other day, and he, he made what I thought was a really good point. He said, you know, pride is actually one day a year. It's one day. What really counts is what's happening the 364 other days of the year when it comes to how are we addressing issues of um, racial justice within our organizations. One comparison that's helped me is, you know, we have a number of faith organizations that participate in Pride. And there are many people who would look at churches and say, they are the people who are oppressing. But the organizations that participate in our event are what they call reconciling organizations. So they have signed non-discrimination agreements. They are actively working within their faith to make their organizations more welcoming to LGBTQ people. What is a similar way that we can talk about law enforcement to make law enforcement fairer and more inclusive so that we can all agree that it's appropriate for law enforcement to participate? So it's kind of like a step because it's definitely, it wasn't, I'm sure it wasn't easy for faith organizations to just jump right into the parade either. This is an interesting start and it seems like this step is good to give the community some a reassurance that you are actively trying to address this as bigger than just doing something on the surface. We have a Black Lives Matter sign on the front of our building. Uh, we have a picture of Marsha P. Johnson or Sylvia Rivera who were two transgender women who were real heroes in the early LGBT civil rights movement. There's a mural of them painted on the side of the building. And it just gives you pause. Is Are you putting up that sign? Are you putting up that mural just because? Or does that really mean something? Sure. And, and that touches on something that you wrote um, in the Colorado Sentinel recently, where you said, while Black Lives Matter and the LGBTQ rights movement are deeply connected, we also have a longstanding and valued relationship with law enforcement. So I'm wondering how how do you balance that need for a good relationship with police while also addressing this systematic history of harassment of individuals, particularly in your own community? Well, I think it's going to be a real challenge. I don't think it's going to be easy. This is part of a larger picture for us at the center really trying to deal with and to identify um, systemic racism within our own organization and within our own community. We are planning on launching a year-long project here at the Center for our staff to talk about racial justice issues internally. We're also working on um, 
racial justice conversations for the community at large. And then we will also be entering into facilitated discussions with members of law enforcement, as well as um, members of the general community from all sides um, to try and, and come up with solutions and try and come up with what we feel would be the right type of accountability. Thank you so much, Rex. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Denver Pride Fest is set to take place June 26th and 27th. And unlike last year, it's going to be a hybrid event. Some events will be in person at various hubs around the city, and others, like the parade, will be online. We'll put a link in our show notes to learn more. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. Starting June 4th. That's so much information.